0: You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
1: Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 176. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, buddy? Uh, eh, A
2: little bit of eh, all kinds of I got two different things. So uh, first, I did a um, my flu test or flu shot, I guess, today. Okay, it was an actual shot, though. They put something in my nose uh, and they're like, you might feel the flu, which I I I figured, right? It's a live vaccine usually, um, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm feeling it today, which sucks. Cause I feel under the that weather, na- weather now, and yeah. <laughs> I did it on purpose, basically.
1: Yeah, that's that that's a tough part with those flu shots, man. I feel like sometimes it. it- it, get, it makes you a little sick because it's kind of putting it into your body a little bit to get. Uh, listen, we're not a science podcast, but I, I think no. we're, what we're saying here is you might get a little bit sick. So I, I get that. It's not a fun feeling, but I, I understand why no. you have to do it. But I know I'll get over it. So it's all good. Uh, and then tonight, my wife
2: and I have been craving these. They're called Mr. Noodles here. I don't know if you have those there. Okay, It's just like a prepackaged like brick of noodles mm-hmm. with a soup packet um which is just like mix some sort of like soup mix or whatever oh yeah um i don't know if you got if you did this when you were a kid did you buy just a packet and like crush up the noodles and pour the sauce on it and just eat it like that not not milk the no water no nothing just eat it like straight noodles like that
1: nope can't say that i did no
2: oh that was that was a big thing here (laughs) from like (laughs) 95 to 97 or whatever yeah yeah it was insane uh, so we were we were eating those, and I was going to drink the broth, and then for some dumb reason, it just kind of like fell in my lap. <laughs> so I got drenched in really, really hot broth. It was awful.
1: Tough day. Tough day at the Anderson household. Uh, luckily, no. not, not so much over here. Um, I am off this week, so I kind of had a chill day. Didn't really do too much. Um, did a little bit of writing. Hung out with the fam. I watched uh, Soul on Disney Plus with uh, with the dog and my sister. So that was cool. Like, that was a fun thing. But I'm very much so living the vacation in in quarantine life right now. Because we can't really go anywhere. So that's, that's my thing.
2: Yeah, it's, we can't really go anywhere either. But I haven't watched Soul. I've only heard good
1: things. It was good. I, I, I will watch it soon. It was good. Highly recommend, especially if you have young kids. So. Uh, It was cool. Perfect. So let's get into this episode, Mitch. We have a lot to get to. And obviously, as we're recording this, it's the day before New Year's Eve. So when you you hear this, it will likely be on New Year's Eve. So we're going to recap the year that was 2020 Uh, for a lot of reasons. It was not a very good year in in just (laughs) life in general. For the Islanders, there were some really good moments. So we want to talk about our top moments. Both Mitch and I have three that we've come up with that we want to talk about. So I'll let you kick it off. What is your top moment of 2020?
2: So I, I just looking around cause I, I realize my dryer is going upstairs and I can hear the wall shaking. So I'm just wondering if it's coming through the microphone. Um, just a little bit. It's fine. So if you hear some rattling, that's my dryer <laughs> that's the, above me. Anyways. Okay. So I'm going to go backwards. Okay, so I'll do the same number three, two and one, and I'm sure we're going to have some crossover at one point. Um, what, what kind of struck me just building this alone was, like, I w- immediately I went 17-game point streak. And then I was like, mm-hmm. no, that's 2019. Yep. That happened in 2019. That was a year ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a year, what the hell happened? Right? So, immediately, right off the bat, thrown off. Uh, and then after that, you're going, well, the, the first portion 2019 or 2020 wasn't great for the Islanders. And then... We didn't have anything, then it was really good, and then we didn't have anything again until now. So like, there's not a whole lot to pick from. Anyways, number three is game five against the Capitals in the playoffs. Okay. Right, like absolute dominant performance. We were good up to that point, but when we played that game, we allowed them, what, 12 shots on net or something stupid like that? I'm trying to bring it up here. I don't know why I didn't have it open. It was something preposterous. It may have been even been seventeen or something. It was a low number of shots against. I'm trying to bring it up here, but it's super slow. Seventeen shots. Sorry, we had seventeen shots against. They had twenty one, but we beat them for nothing. Yeah, right. It was an absolute clinic in Barry Trot's hockey, and we we embarrassed them so bad that they fired their coach the next day. Love to see it. <laughs> Love to see that. It was great. It was great. And then from there, you're like, okay, I knew we were
1: good. I didn't know we were that good. This is incredible. That was that's a definitely a really good one. That doesn't make my list though. Spoiler alert. Oh. But that is a very good one. My first one is Jordan Eberle's overtime goal in Game 5 against Tampa Bay. And yeah, that was a one the Islanders needed that to stay alive at that point. And on top of that, Nobody needed a goal more than Jordan Eberle. Talk about snake bitten, man. That could he couldn't buy a goal if his life depended on it in the playoffs. That was tough. So it was good to see one. The Islanders extend the series, and then they, they almost won Game Six. I still can't believe Brock Nelson couldn't Ugh. score that goal. But uh, it, a great moment to extend the series. That was super exciting, and he really deserved it. So uh, he has to make my list. That's good. Uh, my
2: number two is the ping pong tournament in the bubble, specifically Ooh. because of Jean Gabriel Peugeot. Okay. Right? Like, he, we already knew he was a, a a team favorite from like the go, right? Like, game one, he fights Jacob Truba because he puts a hit on, uh, was it Michael Del Cole? It, it was. He just lights, lights up Michael Del Cole at the uh, the Islanders blue line. And Jean Gabriel Peugeot gets in his face, throws the gloves down, game one. I think he'd already scored a goal at that point. Either way, it doesn't matter. He was already a firm fan favorite. And then you get the tourney where he's coming in with the the Bandeau and the robe with nothing under, but like boxers. It was just incredible. Just laugh out loud, and hilarious. And it was perfect. Just encapsulate the a guy that not only on the ice gives it, but off the ice too. And it's, to me, it, it was perfectly endearing to uh, the brand new player who's going to play in a very, very important role for the Islanders.
1: I I'm glad you mentioned that one because I could piggyback right off of it. My number two moment of the year is Lou Lamarillo trading for John Gabriel Paschal. So on the same wavelength there, uh, did they give up a lot on paper? Yes. I absolutely think it was worth it. Uh, He was phenomenal for the Islanders in the playoffs, and they got him to sign an extension. It's at $5 million a year, which, again, right now on paper, that looks like a lot for a third-line center. But he's going to be so important to this team not just for that last playoff run that went to the Eastern Conference Final, by the way, something they haven't done in my lifetime up until that point, and I'm 25 years old. So I I think he's going to be an extremely important piece to this puzzle going forward, and I I absolutely love the move. It showed that they were willing to make a move because we didn't know if he was going to do that, and I I think that, that moment really helped out the Islanders a lot this year. Right, you, you talk about their center
2: depth. You go Barzal, Brock Nelson, Jean Gabriel Peugeot, Casey Zigas. That is a ridiculously strong spine. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, four forty goals, 240 goal scorers, and like great checking forwards. It's two great checking forwards and like 260 point players, probably more of a, by Matthew Barzal. But like when you go down the list, you, you clearly have a, a, top, a number one center, a really good second line center, probably the best third line center, and the best fourth line center. What? How better do you want your spine to be than that?
1: Right. Like, but all four of those guys, like, they fill their role so well. Like, Barzal is clearly a number one center. Like, is he the best number one center in the sport? I would say no, but he's an excellent, excellent player. Brock Nelson as a number two center is a really, really damn good number two center. Is he Evgeny Malkin? No, of course not. But if you, if you were, like, building a, a number two center in a factory, like, Brock Nelson, that's a really good number two center. Same thing for JG Pajot, like one of the best, if not the best third line centers. And Sezikis, we know how good he's been for so long. That's a really good core group. I'm glad you brought that up because each one of those guys like play their role perfectly for this team. Exactly, and, and that that's a huge thing. So, and the fact that, you, like you said,
2: he traded for him, right? Like he hadn't done much up and he being Lou Lamorello is what we're talking about. Right? Hadn't done much in terms of indicating where the Islanders are going, what he's looking for, what he's going to try to do. And he went with Jean Gabriel Peugeot. I'm going all in, and you're like, all right, here we go. This isn't going to be a rebuild in in a year. Nope. This is he's going all in. He knows what he needs, and it's just center depth, perfect. It wasn't a thirty goal scorer whatever like it, maybe we find one through the system but like it, it was a big trade and and, and lou finally did something to, to indicate what he thought this team could do which is they can compete and, and lo and behold they did which is my number one the eastern conference finals and, and i'm sure you probably yep. had it as well exactly Get, um,
1: getting to the eastern conference final is just it, it was awesome that has to be the number one moment like we said they haven't done it in my lifetime, it, it was 27 years the last time they went to an Eastern Conference final. <laughs> so that, it, it's huge for this franchise. And obviously we would have liked to see them go to a Stanley Cup final and, and to win the whole thing. But just to be able to go there, it, it's crazy to think, like, for how long during the Jack Capuano era was it like, okay, like this team, like, look how, think about it. Just four years ago in 2016, we were going bananas because they won a single round. Now they were in the Eastern Conference final, Mitch. In in a game six in overtime. Like they they're close. They are really close. And that is such such a cool feeling. It really is. But they had a
2: failure of an offseason, Matt. It was the worst offseason ever. All right. They're gonna be bums this year. Come on. I can't
1: do this. I really can't.
2: But it, it like the the fact that they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals was a huge deal for this franchise, because like yeah you win a round right uh, like we did last year we beat uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and we meet the, the Carolina Hurricanes and get swept and you're like okay well they were overachieving and then when they finally got to the next level they got they got found right mm-hmm. that that's what we heard all the t- constantly. And then they go and they do this. And you're like, you can't say they've been found now. This is two years in a row where they make the playoffs. Yes, you can say, well, they weren't in a playoff position technically. Sorry, but they were. That's how it works. Uh, and then when they got there and when they were healthy, they steamrolled everyone except for Tampa. And even then, they didn't. They pushed Tampa to six games, uh, which is more than than some some did. So, like, that's, that's huge. That's year-over-year growth with with the same core, right? Like, they did mm-hmm. nothing but add Jean-Gabriel Pajot. That's huge. Uh, and They're going into this year with a few few changes, right? Like, Devontae's isn't going to be there. Nick Letty steps in. So, like, really, if, if you're looking to have anyone to fill that role, that's him. Uh, and then from there, they didn't really add anyone up top, but we're going to see that through training camp that they're probably going to bring someone in. And by someone, I mean within the organization. Uh, and that, that should be exactly what they need. Do they need a Mike Hoffman? Yeah, they, preferably Probably. they would get someone that that can score like Mike Hoffman does. Um, but until they do so, they're going to have to rely on 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 prospects. And I think they could still get it done. Like the, the, there's a lot of room to improve with this team, right? Like we talked about Anders Lee a lot at seven point one four percent shooting percentage on the power play. That's going to get better this year. So, like, come on, guys. I, I don't think that this team has failed because they didn't get Mike Hoffman. This team is going to compete, and I think they can make the Eastern Conference Finals yet again this year.
1: I think so, too. I think they have as good of a shot as anybody, for sure. And like, like you said, would it have been nice to have a Mike Hoffman? Of course. I think it would make this team better. I don't think you're arguing that, that their Islanders aren't better today without a Mike Hoffman. But I don't think it's devastating that they haven't added someone like him. Uh, I think that Lou has a plan, and I do. I do trust him. I do, and I'm not going to cry over not signing Anthony Duclair or uh, Mike Hoffman or uh, who is who is the other one that that people wanted? Uh, Anthony Sealy, Anthony Sealy,
2: yeah, Eric Hall Hello, at one yep. point, yeah, just anyone, right? Anyone with the pulse, people wanted to bring in. It's a it's a FOMO feeling, which I described at the podcast the other day. I, I get it. I felt it, but like. We have to realize that there, there's, there are people up there making decisions, and they're making decisions for reasons uh, that we don't have all the information on. So uh, until we see the product, let, let's reserve a little bit of judgment here. Like we can't say – I know this isn't what we're, we're really trying to talk about here, but we'll just get to it anyways. Um, it, it's, we shouldn't be saying like, oh, they didn't sign Mike Hoffman, failed. They're going to be bums this year. It's not how it works, all right. It's been two years of that, so like, let's chill out.
1: No, absolutely. I, I, my expectation is still that this team is a a playoff caliber team. Where they finish in the division, I think, is left to be said. Would I be stunned if they finished first? Worse no. than the Devils, <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> right?
1: Like that, No that that's that's ridiculous. I, I'm I'm sure we'll talk more about that in the social and whatnot. But but still, uh, I I think. If they finish some, my expectation is for them to finish top four in the division. That's fair enough.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yes, they make the playoffs.
1: Anything else on the year that was 2020? Not like, like that was
2: quick for a full re- year recap. But we have to consider they were off for most of it, right? Correct. They played December, or sorry, January, February, March, and then they were off until August, right? So they played August, September, and that's it. They played five months of twelve.
1: Yeah, uh, not <laughs> not a lot going on in 2020. But as we mentioned in past podcasts, 2021 is going to be insanely busy. So I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, and we have a little bit of a storyline going on here. Uh, we have some news that came out today, and Matt Barzal's situation. And I want to talk about the news first, then we'll get to Barzal. So yep. Arthur Staple came out today and said that the Islanders will not be inviting Josh Hosang to training camp which starts on January 3rd. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that I thought Josh Hosang was going to make the roster just because we've seen him time and time again get, you know, passed over for their reasons, but my take or concern or thought, I don't know what word I want to use to describe it, is why the hell are you giving him a qualifying offer if you're not going to even invite him to training camp, Mitch? Like, if we're not going to play the game of you have a chance to make the team, then why even sign him in the first place?
2: I, I don't i don't know. I, there, there's got to be more to this story than we know because it doesn't add up. It, it just, just, just doesn't. And, and I'm trying to play both sides a little bit here just because it really doesn't fit i don't know we can say like well lou's just being a jerk and i'm lou doesn't have time to be a jerk why 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 would he just maliciously go after someone for no reason he doesn't have to if he wants to like bury this kid baron just don't give him a qualifying offer he's not going to play no one's going to sign him if you don't give him a qualifying offer this is not going to happen well, they they had the chance teams had the chance to bring him on for free and they didn't so like if he wanted to be a jerk he would just bar entry by saying like we don't even want this kid we we don't want this kid so bad i'm not giving him a qualifying offer go away which they essentially did right they sent him to the to another team's AHL team right san antonio so like i don't there's more to this story than we know there has to be
1: i i guess i i don't know it's just It looks like such bad optics right now, though, because you you'd sign this kid to a deal and then it's like you're not even going to have the opportunity to make this team. Like, why wouldn't you just say, all right, you know what? This isn't working out clearly. Like, go become a free agent, sign with whoever and maybe figure it out somewhere else. This is such a toxic relationship that just needs to end for both sides. You're right. So I don't blame
2: Joshua saying for signing um, afterwards. No, because once once the Islanders submitted the qualifying offer, you got to see that process through, and and if it ends up with an NHL contract, cool. That's what he ultimately wants is playing in the NHL. Um, but yeah, they need they need a breakup and they did break up bad because ne- neither team is really. Or neither team, neither side is really getting anything out of this, right? Josh no. Sang isn't playing at the NHL level, and the Islanders are getting an asset that's contributing to the team in any way, shape, or form. Again, they had him play with another team; they didn't even want him around Bridgeport, right? And so it's clear they don't want this kid around. It's clear because, like, why not bring him to training camp? Like James Nichols said on on, on Twitter, and I, I agree, it costs you nothing to bring him to training camp. It costs you nothing. And so the reason, for, based off of that, is they they would rather pay nothing to have him somewhere else. They don't want this kid around that bad, that they're like, no, we don't even want to bring you to training camp to see what you can do. We're not interested.
1: Right. Which this is the we're getting into the chicken or the egg argument here. But that brings me back to why the hell did you sign him in the first place?
2: And, and that's it, right? So like, that that's really the question on, on everyone's mind: is why did you sign him? Um, you know. Uh, there's something there. there. There's something else there. I, I don't know what it is. I, I really wish I did. I don't think anyone's going to say what it is. Uh, Lula Larmorello is going to have a press conference tomorrow. I don't imagine it's going to be for this. Um, if if we're hearing details about who's being invited to training camp, I would imagine Lula Larmorello is going to have something to say about the Matthew Barzal situation uh, because wh- why else would you have a press conference? What are you going to talk about? Are you really going to talk about Joshua saying? I don't think so. I I don't think so.
1: Do you? Okay, so we could we can get to that at the at this point now. Do you think he's announcing a Matthew Barzell contract? Like, is that what this press conference is about?
2: Well, so if he's in, if we're hearing so, Arthur Staple got wind of of Joshua saying not being invited. So that means they're making their list for training camp. They're not going to invite. Well, they're going to invite Matthew Barzell for sure. But like. if he's not under contract, why release it, right? Lulan doesn't release something unless he has to. And if I remember correctly last year when it came to training camp rosters, they came out at like 12.05 or something like that, right? And training camps opened at 12. like At the very last second, they came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would imagine that that'll be the case. So if he's going to have a press conference, what else is it going to be about? I, I don't imagine it's going to be about the 15% ownership uh, takeover. Uh, just because why would he talk about that? But yeah. it's possible, I suppose. Um, I don't imagine it's going to be about Josh saying because why does he want to do that? Um, it, it's going to have to be about training camp. Um, and it's going to have to be about Matthew Barzella at a certain point because that's the name everyone's looking for on that roster.
1: No, of course, and and for good reason. He's probably the most important player on this Islanders team. He's the best player on this Islanders team, and he's he doesn't have a contract. And you know, people, the fans want to know, and I'm sure the reporters who are asking the questions are going to want to know about that. And you know, Stan Fischler usually answers uh, ask the first question, so I wouldn't be shocked if he throws in you know <laughs> <laughs> some sort of question like that. Calling in from Israel, so Matthew Barzal is he signed or what? Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, th- that's, that's the thing with the Joshua saying situation, just kind of tying a bow on the mm-hmm. Joshua saying thing. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he did what he did being Lou Lamerell. I don't know why Josh is doing what he's doing. There's something, there's some sort of disconnect there, uh, which then brings us to the Matthew Barzell situation. Is there a disconnect there? Because we're seeing he's not signed training camp opens in four days. Lou's having a press conference tomorrow. Um, what the hell is going on with Matthew Barzell? Why isn't he signed? Is there something there?
1: Maybe I, I don't. I don't know.
2: Like I, I don't imagine he's chasing paper. I keep saying this because I, I like saying it, really. But like I, I don't imagine he's chasing money because no one's got money. No. Where's he gonna go? Right?
1: He, like there's there are five
2: teams that have less than or more than seven million dollars in terms of cap space and
1: most of them are not very good teams I, I very much come on he's obviously going to force his way out to get to New Jersey we talked about this last time no
2: <laughs> alright LA here I
1: come baby I want to play in the sun yeah him and I don't, Anthony see you, man that's going to be their top line
2: that's that's it right Quentin Byfield as well Um, like yeah I don't. I don't see it happening. So, like, at a certain point, he's gonna have to sign something. And, and everyone keeps saying a bridge deal because a bridge deal just makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it allows him to maximize how much he's going to make right now while setting himself up for the future when when there's money to spend.
1: Right. If he signs a three year deal that takes him to age twenty five, you can cash in again at twenty five years old.
2: And yeah, exactly. But you also have to consider where he is. Right? Like this team has made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's only eight teams that made it to the Eastern Conference Finals over the last two years, and seven of those don't have the money for him. That's true. <laughs> so where the hell is he going? He's not trying to force his way out. He's not. It's just it's going to take the time it takes. He's going to be signed. I, I have no I'm not worried in the least bit.
1: No, I'm not. I'm not worried either. I think he signs it's just we talked about it last week too, but it's a matter of when at this point, not if when
2: Right. Well, so training camp opens on the 3rd, right? So that's Sunday, is it not? Yes. Uh, assuming Lou takes the day off on the 1st, I, I would imagine maybe he signs by
1: tomorrow or Saturday. Yep. Yeah, I really think... What time is this press conference tomorrow?
2: I, I imagine it's going to be 3 o'clock. That's usually the time. Yeah.
1: So a nice little news dump. He He's going to screw me again. This guy Lou, <laughs> I think he has it out for me. <laughs> I'm New Year's Eve at like 4 or 5 o'clock he's going to drop the drop the Barzal contract on us
2: got to be Matthew signed for 4 years at uh 5 million dollars or something like that the Tavares deal right was Tavares 5 <laughs> by 4 or 5 by 5 it
1: was 5 by i think 5 to 5 something like that
2: right so like that that's going to be it right so We'll see what, what he actually talks about. Again, if, if you're worried about Matthew Barzell, let me talk you off an edge. He's going to sign. Yes. And if he doesn't, it's because something catastrophic happened, and I don't think that's the case.
1: Agree, 100%. So with that, do you want to get into down on the farm? Because I know you got a lot to talk about on the farm.
2: Yeah, there's quite a bit happening on the farm, specifically with two guys playing in uh, in the World Juniors. So uh, Ryan Emi just played today. Uh, Finland beat Slovakia 6-0. I didn't think he was going to get a lot of ice time. I, okay. I spoke to their um, their defensive coach. At first, all I wanted to do was ask the coach, is Rayanemi going to play? Because he didn't play in game two against Austria. Uh-huh. So was he going to play now? And uh, a spokesperson for the team said, yes, absolutely he's playing. Cool, perfect. Spokesperson comes back to me says, "Like, hey, do you want to talk to the D coach though? Hell yeah, I would have talked yeah, to the sure. D coach. Why the <laughs> okay. hell not? Yeah, you're offering, let's go. So I get him on the horn, and I, I ask him essentially the same question, I've worded it a little bit differently, and he was a lot more cagey about it. Well, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, we like Matthias. Um But he played. He played 13 minutes today. Okay. 13. He played... A minute fifty-eight in his first game, three minutes and fifty-one seconds in his second game, and now he played thirteen minutes. He played seven minutes and twenty-eight seconds in this third period alone. So he he got the the inverse of the Otto Koivula treatment, exactly. Uh, and now Finland plays Canada tomorrow, and I would expect him to play again.
1: Okay, so that uh, that's good news.
2: Just that defensive coach said, like we liked him, we like him for the big teams. Canada, he singled out Canada, U.S., Russia, Sweden, and the Czechs. Those are the big teams in his eyes, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like I would imagine, he plays tomorrow against Canada, even though he might just be the seventh D. He might step up into the, uh, that sixth D, but like I'm not, I'm not entirely sure about it.
1: Okay, good. Good to know. Glad that he got a ton of playing time. That's awesome
2: yeah they were winning six nothing so like that's when you you play him right like of you don't want to injure like vinnie henola or if you if you can um like you avoid any of that sorry you yeah you don't want to injure him if you can i just want to make sure like i didn't say we should injure that
1: guy <laughs> yes
2: because uh, that would be terrible um so yeah he's i don't imagine he gets that kind of playing time if he plays against canada but they really like his size like that i, I said it on on the Patreon uh newscast the defensive coach kept telling me we like his size. We like how big he is. We like how big he is. Like he kept repeating it. Uh, so the fact that he's six, four, two Oh five is a big, is a big thing in their books.
1: Yeah. love that. Kids got good size.
2: Yeah. Uh, and right now is the, uh, well, sorry right now, the other one, Oh, Sweden scored <laughs> a, a really nice feed from me. I'm, I'm watching this live, a really nice feed from Simon Holmes from along the boards, pops it into the slot and then they bang it home
1: absolute. Anyways, that's who I wanted to talk about getting, with Simon Holmstrom. We're getting live updates on the pod. How about that?
2: Live. I'm watching this live uh, and because uh, I, I can't not watch Sweden against Russia. That, that would be ridiculous. Um, but Holmstrom is having himself one hell of a tournament. This is his fifth point in three games. Fifth point in, if you want to put it this way, seven periods. Think about it that wow. way. That's great. Good for um, him. He, he's going off and it's incredible to see. That's awesome, man. Love that
1: good to see from Simon Holmstrom
2: um, and then after that like in, in terms of, there's no one else at the, at the World Juniors obviously that mm-hmm. those are the only two for the Islanders um, the other news for Islanders prospects is AHL should open up uh, on February 5th they just said mm-hmm. so we know when the season is starting there uh, which which impacts quite a few players for us well Joshua saying specifically now um, but it also might affect the, the taxi squad right because who ends up on the taxi squad wouldn't play in the, NH- the AHL level, would be stuck with the NHL team practicing and traveling. So is naming someone like Kiefer Bellows to the uh, the taxi squad a good idea if the AHL is going to be starting up on February 5th? Probably not. No, probably not, yeah. So like, you're probably going to end up with like Austin on, on, which is not a bad thing, um, no. on the, the the taxi squad and not playing in the AHL. Which frees up space for guys that did sign AHL de- deals, like um, uh, Pat- Nick Pastujov uh, and um, not Blake uh, Blade Jenkins as well. So the guys like that who who may not have had a role if, you know, we were loading the AHL up with guys.
1: Right, of course, like the the Tanner Fritzes of the world and and stuff like that.
2: Exactly. So. Um, but that's really it when it comes to on on the farm. Like there, there aren't a lot of games right now, just because we're in the holidays uh, the holiday period. Um, I know Finland's playing, so Russian Lysikov has played a couple of games and he's got a point to his name, but you know nothing too crazy from him over there.
1: Okay, good to know. We'll keep an eye on him. But really happy to hear about Simon Holmster making some nice plays over there. Five points in seven periods. Have a tournament, kid.
2: Right, and like he just put up the, the, the primary assist on this goal against Russia, so like good on him. I'm just gonna but like, gif it out as we do this now. <laughs>
1: wow. We 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 love that. That's great to see. Do you want to get into the quiz? Yes, as I while I'm quizzing, I'm gonna, going this to be, is be. That's why I said it with a question mark <laughs> because I was like, are we gonna be able to do this? But let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so again, I can't hear the music, so I'm super thrown off. It's fine. Sorry. So,
2: episode 176 of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Like we do every week, I give Matt five clues to guess a secret Islander player, Uh, and he's got to guess it. The clues get progressively easier as we go. Uh, Matt, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, clue number one I was a third round pick by Chicago in
1: 1983.
2: Next. (laughs) Clue number, I didn't think you'd get it there. Clue number two. I was traded to the Islanders with Gary Nyland for Bob Bassin and Steve Conroy. Next. I know you're a big Bob Bassin guy. <laughs> I
1: can't say that I am, but sure.
2: Three. I scored 15 points from the back end in 1988-89 when Matt was minus 12 or
1: something like that? No. 88? Well, I was minus 7. Okay, close enough. I guess. <laughs> I, I still don't I, I don't know yet.
2: Okay. Okay, clue number 4. I'm the current NHL GM.
1: Current NHL GM. Uh Stan Bowman? Incorrect. Okay.
2: You want the next and the next yeah, clue? Let's,
1: yeah, let's give it to me.
2: It's clue number 5. My massive biceps should help me fend off the French media. Massive biceps
1: off the French media.
2: He's very, he's very Very custom. He's very strong. Who is it? Marc Bergevin. Mm. He played 76 games for the Islanders. He played a lot for a lot of teams. Um, But yeah, 76 games for the Islanders. Um, Not not a huge, you know, offensive threat, but he was a defenseman. Um, But yeah, traded to them in 1988. And um, just all around okay player for the
1: Islanders. Not much going there. He does have some pretty big arms. I'm just, pu- oh my god, massive arms! Yeah. I should have. Oh, I he's can't. massive. Yeah, I, I don't think I remember seeing him in in short sleeves. That's on me. It's it was very recent. Like he's this metamorphosis
2: of his arms has just happened over the last couple of years. He's always big, but this he's just gone like to the next level since getting into getting in Montreal.
1: That's incredible. Uh, yeah, so didn't get that one hand up. That's on me. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> That's all right. They're very they, He played 76
2: games. There's very few people. I think he's the only one who's played 76. And I didn't want to go with 176 with Jeff Tambellini because I, I, I figured you wouldn't get him. Mm-hmm. I, I sure
1: as hell wouldn't. No, so. I wouldn't have remembered. No. So there you go. Perfect. All right, so with that, let's get into the social segment see what's going around on iOS Twitter. Mitch, what do you got for us? Uh, my
2: first one here comes from, I, I, I say them and I forget them, uh, Isles Fan 28, the 28th fan from the New York Islanders, is saying, I really want to Char to finish his Hall of Fame career back with the Isles. Uh, with a, a sad face. And, and I and I get that. I, I get the sentiment. I, I don't think that was ever going to happen though.
1: No. No, absolutely not. Um, I good luck in Washington I guess. I, I don't I don't know. Do you think he's going to get a ton of playing time there? Yes. Sorry, what do you mean by a ton? Do th- like, do you think he's playing twenty minutes a night?
2: No, not not at his age. He just can't. The, 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 I don't understand why everyone is tripping over their heels to get him. I, I get that he could be a great leader, but like, he's clearly done. Like, the, you, you can't have him out there twenty minutes a night. You just can't do it. Um, so why why would you get into bed doing it? To, to have someone on your back end who just can't play twenty minutes
1: a night. Yes. for guaranteed. It just doesn't make any sense. Nah, I'm with you on that. Uh my first one comes from one of the newest islanders, Austin Zarnick, on Instagram shared a picture. He is a new member of the Girl Dad uh gang. So he and his wife Rachel had a daughter, Colette. So congratulations to the Zarnick family.
2: Congrats to them. Welcome to the Girl Dad family. Um it's Fine. It's <laughs> just as good as the guy dad family, I suppose. I don't get the whole girl dad thing.
1: I don't get it. Uh, it's from... So- I can't remember what it was from. It's from something last year or the year before that. I think it was with Kobe, wasn't it? Kobe was very big into the girl dad. It might have been the Kobe Bryant death. Right, because he was
2: coaching his daughter. I, I get it. I get it I now. I think so. All right. Fair enough. What's your first one?
1: That was my first one.
2: Oh, right. <laughs> I'm so lost because I'm tweeting at the same time. I can't do
1: two things at once. I'm stopping okay. the tweeting.
2: Okay, my second one here is from the New York Islanders. I think we've all heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, these Fisherman Vans are off the wall, they say. And mm. they are. I yeah. remember they put out those those shoes, what is it, last year maybe? Those first Islanders shoes, and they mm-hmm. were dreadful. These ones are pretty slick.
1: Yes, they are very good. Shout out to my good childhood friend Kyle. He waited online outside of uh, Northwell Ice Center to to pick those bad boys up. He said it was a good experience, in and out in ten minutes. So kudos to them over at the pro shop. Right on. Um, yeah, g- good hit
2: on that. Although, like one hundred twenty dollars American, I wouldn't pay that for them. I, they look great, but I don't have one hundred twenty American dollars burning a hole in my pocket right now.
1: No, I. I'm not a big shoe guy, so I wouldn't spend $120 on them. They they look really nice, but I, I don't think that's like outlandishly priced. Like that seems pretty, probably like pretty fair price for a, like quote unquote custom uh, sneakers like that. But I I personally did not spend on it. I, I got the the fisherman uh, backpack instead when that came out. I would rather that, because you go through shoes quicker, right?
2: Like, the soles will get ruined on these. Whenever I have Chuck Taylors, or not Chuck Taylors, Chucks, I should say, I, I rip through them quick. I drag my feet too much, I suppose. And so, yeah. like, these would last me, like, a season, and then, then I'm done.
1: Right, and then how long, you can make a backpack last 10 years if you wanted to.
2: Exactly, right? So, I, I would rather the backpack than this.
1: Absolutely. Um, my last one comes from uh, Craig Morgan who announces that Derek Broussard mm. signed for one year, $1. $1.2 million. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, thank you for your service, Derek Broussard, one year with the Islanders. But I, I'm really all set on $1.2 million for Derek Broussard. I don't know about you. I would not
2: do $1.2 million for Derek Broussard. He was barely worth the $1.2 million when he was here. I would not do it again. No way. Not, it's not happening. Not, not not, in this economy. No way, Jose.
1: No, I'm with you 100%. Anything else, Mitch? Uh,
2: My last one here comes from at True Islander 22, the 22nd True Islander. Uh, I didn't receive this as a gift, but I had the awesome opportunity to make it as one. And it's a wood sign uh, of the Islander, like the Islander logo. Yeah. Uh, And it is amazing. It's absolutely electric. Have you seen this thing? I I want one. I I I would spend $120 on this. I'm sending it to you now. Uh I'm if if I can I'm going to get in touch with him and see how much it's going to cost to get one of those cuz I would I I would probably get one and put it in my house. Put some lights under it in the office here. Oh man, that would look amazing. Wow,
1: holy smokes. That thing's phenomenal. Right? And
2: is, is there epoxy you think? It looks kind of epoxy the colors. So it's got like the dark blue, teal and orange. Amazing. Uh yeah.
1: Can we do a little Eyes on Isles investigative journalism here and see how much this could set us back? Because that that looks like a nice addition
2: as well. Yeah, I'm going to send that in and ask Clutterbuck's
1: former stash how much this costs. Yes, uh, count me down for intrigued for sure. (laughs) Okay, that was my last one. Perfect. So before we go, let's do a couple of plugs. Wherever you are listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. It really helps us out. We appreciate all the love and support. You can follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can also visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And last but certainly not least, you can check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles. It gets you a mailbag show, which we're going to record right after this. It gets you... Uh, breakdowns on specific topics. Uh, we have games coming back very soon, so you have post-game shows coming up. Can't wait for that. And Mitch is getting questions and polls up there on the daily, so it's a great community of Islanders fans. Absolutely worth your while.
2: Yeah, the last one was can I, uh, Andrews Lee get back to 30 goals, and uh, so far it's overwhelming yes.
1: Perfect. Love to see that, so we will get going on that. But uh, for now, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary, he's Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear,
1: everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding
0: or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand